Do you know the organizations and businesses they lead? You might even know their faces, but do you really know why they are difference makers? Hi, I'm Adam Van Bremer, the editorial page editor of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. Welcome to Difference Makers, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories and insights from Savannah's key players, the men and women who lead our city in commerce, in arts and culture, in philanthropy, and yes, in government. Difference Makers will explore the methods behind success and give you a whole new perspective in business, leadership, and this community. The debut episode features Visit Savannah's Joe Marinelli, the soft-spoken Midwesterner who has eased Savannah's transition from a roadside attraction to a vibrant, multifaceted, world-class destination. His insistence on developing and implementing long-term strategies, forging alliances both in town and around the world, and his passion for the Savannah experience has contributed to Savannah surpassing the 14 million visitors per year mark. I'm joined now on the Difference Makers podcast by Joe Marinelli, President and CEO of Visit Savannah. Joe has been here for in Savannah for about 10 years. We are somewhat uh, kindred spirits, both from the great state of Ohio. He's from the Lake Erie part, but those of us from Columbus don't really acknowledge the farm country folks don't really acknowledge the the north coasters but we'll uh we'll, i did we'll my 10 years that. in columbus that's so true that, that's that true yeah but um but joe uh, start let's tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what business fan does sure well thanks adam i really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you today and um and kick off your podcast series with you um so uh, I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, as you mentioned. Uh, I've spent uh, all of my career in the hotel industry, uh, primarily with Weston Hotels and Resorts, in places like Detroit, Pittsburgh, Washington, D.C., New York City, and Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I had the good fortune of working at the Plaza Hotel in New York City um, for a number of years uh, during the Donald Trump days when he owned the hotel. Um, but it was post Ivana, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he was married to Marla Maples at the time from Georgia, right? I then had an opportunity to move back to Ohio and, uh, and work at the Convention and Visitors Bureau in Columbus, Ohio, where I spent 10 years, which led me to the opportunity to come to Savannah here, and, uh, and I've been here since uh, January 2007. So um, it's been a good ride. I spent my whole career in the hospitality and tourism industry and, uh, and thrilled to be in a city like Savannah that is so um, reliant on um, the tourism industry as one of its economic drivers, right? Uh, Visit Savannah is, uh, in the old days, was known as the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Today we call it Destination Marketing Organization. But our job, very simply, is to market the Savannah, Chatham County, Tybee Island area to get visitors to come to town. Um, And hopefully while they're here, they'll spend their money. uh, They'll have a great experience. They'll come back again and and tell their friends and family. So our job is to get visitors to come to town and, um, and, and to keep coming back. So. So I can't let the the Plaza Hotel get biased here. Yeah. Can you tell us any old Donald Trump stories? Or I understand that the Plaza. Everybody stayed at the Plaza, of the Waldorf in New York. That anybody, it's anybody, right? That's right. So right. You, got any, mean, uh, if you haven't lived if you don't have your own personal story from the Plaza. Although um, it's it's very, it's it's owned by different people today, and it's a very different experience than it was then. But uh, so here's the little nugget. Um, everybody, uh, well, in in today's world, you think of the Plaza Hotel for two reasons. Um, uh, mostly on the female side, they think of Eloise. 
Hayes, who uh, supposedly was the fictional character that lived at the Plaza Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the story on that is, um, and and so here's a spoiler alert if you don't want to hear this, uh, turn it down for the next 20 seconds. But Eloise was really... Liza Minnelli. Um, mm. So her mom, Judy Garland, um, as the legend goes, was uh, performing on Broadway. Liza was a little girl living in the hotel and uh, and I guess just caused wreaked havoc throughout the hotel with the kitchen staff and the housekeepers and so forth. So we had a hotel historian, Kurt Gagey, on our staff at the time, and, and Kurt shared that uh, that's the rest of the story about Eloise. It's Liza Minnelli. Um, others will remember um, Home Alone 2. Two, mm-hmm. um, where uh, Kevin was in the Plaza Hotel, and that was just one of the great movies of all time, and and all of those uh, adventures, right? So, right. a couple of neat nuggets from the Plaza Hotel. But I worked for Mr. Trump. Um, you know, uh, he's he's a tough business guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he beat us up when the numbers weren't there, but he was always extremely complimentary um, when uh, when the numbers were strong. And so, it was interesting to see both sides of him, especially at a kind of middle management role that I was in at the time. So you, his persona on The Apprentice didn't come as a surprise to you? <laughs> no, not at all. That, you know, I can't say that the president is the guy that I worked for, but the guy in The the Apprentice is the guy that I worked for, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's a good example. Yeah. Okay, let's talk real briefly here a little bit about what you guys have going on in terms of uh, a new ad and a new marketing campaign. Can you kind of share with us kind of the broad strokes and what yeah. it means to the, the folks here in town? Sure. So, you know, in, in, in marketing this destination to bring visitors to town, um, you know, those visitors come from around the region. They come from around the country. And these days they come from around the world, right? So so our marketing approach is multi-layered. Um, we do some of the traditional marketing, print ads in magazines and newspapers, uh, uh, billboards, outdoor advertising, uh, some radio and TV generally during the holiday season and so forth. Um, but then we also do a lot of today's marketing, digital marketing, website, uh, uh, SEO, things like that. Um, we are unveiling right now at the end of this month a brand new advertising campaign. Um, the tagline is, this isn't ordinary, this is Savannah. This isn't ordinary. This is Savannah. And uh, and that'll roll out uh, with uh, a number of print ads that will be found in publications like Atlanta Magazine, Travel and Leisure, Southern Living, things like that, as well as uh, similar digital channels and social media and so forth. The campaign is bolder than anything we've done in the past. Um, certainly costs a little bit more money than what we've done in the past, but um, it's really uh, targeted uh, towards really 25 to 55-year-olds, uh, which is sort of our our core target audience. Um, we're trying to reach uh, a, a more affluent traveler. Um, when you look at the evolution of the Savannah visitor experience, you have more boutique hotels, you have some higher-end restaurants, you have higher end retail. Um, so, you know, we're trying to get uh, everything from that uh, young, affluent hipster uh, to uh, to the younger senior citizen um, crowd, if you will, younger, younger grandparents and so forth. Uh, so when you when you see the ads uh, in print, say in Atlanta magazine, you know, you're going to see bolder colors, you're going to see 
um, younger people and so forth in the ads. Really, the, the, the cornerstone of the ads, although we don't use these words, but um, we're trying to really um, convey um, an unexpected savanna visitor experience, a more evocative visitor experience. Um, you know, for a number of years, our, our campaign was built on the authentic savanna experience. But with this campaign, we're kind of you know, making the assumption that uh, live oaks and Spanish moss and cobblestones are are, are implied um, when you when you suggest Savannah, but um, but the retail experience is probably an unexpected experience when you think of stores like 24E uh, or, or Paris Market or Satchel, things like that. You don't really expect to find something like that in Savannah. And, um, you know, from an evocative standpoint, things like the the, the new Perry Lane Hotel, um, which, uh, which, you know, is expected to be Savannah's entree into the five-star hotel market. Wow, that's that's not anything that people expect. I think, I think in general in the past people expected that the historic inn or bed and breakfast, and now you're going to come here and find a five-star hotel experience. So that's kind of the cornerstone of, of the campaign, and uh, and we'll roll it out in all of the levels that we talked about, print, billboard, uh, digitally, et cetera. Brand awareness, I assume, is not a problem for Savannah anymore, and I think what you just talked about kind of dovetails with that of you know, people know what we are and what we have now. It's trying to make that emotional connection and being evocative. Is that accurate to say? And how do you kind of on the brand awareness? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, um, the world getting it's as easy to get to Dubai as it is to Savannah these days. So, um, so we've got to make that emotional connection. And Jeremy Harvey is our VP of Communications and Marketing. And, and Jeremy's really pushed us on the message of um, why people should come to Savannah, right? It, to your point, it's not so much the what anymore. Um, it's now why. And and the why is the kinds of products that we have to offer with the boutique hotels, restaurants like The Gray, um, Husk, Atlantic, and, and so many others that are coming in. Um, even even the, the more um, experiential experiences, if you will, uh, you know, being able to go behind the scenes at Ghost Coast Distillery or, or Service Brewery or Southbound, you know, experiencing those those Savannah products um, is a big part of it. So there's that emotional connection. But it's really it's, to us, it's really more why come to Savannah versus um, what we have here. And everybody talks about tourism, but your visit Savannah, uh, the V and CVV is visitor. Yeah, you wrote a piece that that ran in Savannah Morning News, Savannah Now this week about let's call the folks that come to our town visitors and not tourists. Can you kind of expound on that a little bit? Yeah, I think um, I think my mission was kind of multifold there. Um, you know, first of all, uh, you know, we roll out our numbers every year of the millions of visitors that come to town, and um, and people assume you know that 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 all of those millions of visitors are tourists and they're all in town today. You know, and of course that's not the case. But my point of the op-ed piece was really to convey two things. Number one, um, they're not all tourists. Four out of ten of our visitors are what we call VFR, visiting friends and relatives, uh, just like the folks that come from Ohio to visit you and I all winter. You know, you have business travelers that are coming in to do business with folks like the port and and you know to make sales and so forth. Um, you have convention and meeting and trade show attendees that are here to attend a convention or a meeting or a trade show, and then you have leisure 
tourists. Um, so, um, you know, I think from our perspective at Visit Savannah, we feel that we can probably reach about 50 to 55 percent of the people that actually come to town um, with with our marketing. Right. Um, but they're not all tourists. They're here for different reasons. They're here to visit family. Um, they're here to do business. They're here to make a sale um, or attend a conference or whatever. So that's part of it. The other part of it is, um, you know, I think I think, you know, sometimes there's a connotation that we have too many tourists in this town. Well, um, first of all, they're visitors. They're not tourists. We just talked about that. Um, but I think, uh, I think you know, for um, a community that relies so heavily on this segment um, for uh, economic vitality, right, um, the tourism and hospitality industry employs 27, 28,000 people. Um, the tourism industry generates nearly three billion dollars to our local economy, um, so maybe we should um, we should kind of soften that and and um, sort of like guests in your home. Let's call them visitors to our city and uh, and treat them all the right way. We're going to take a short break right now. We come back. We're going to have an insider's view segment, which I've dubbed the the, the nerding out segment, where we're going to talk a little bit more specifically and, and dive a little bit deeper into what destination marketing is about and, and how the whole visitor experience has evolved in Savannah over the years. The At Savannah Opinion Difference Makers podcast is brought to you by Savannah Buds and Burgers Week. Between June 22nd and July 1st, more than 20 local restaurants will create special burgers, pair them with a cold Budweiser, and sell the combo to you for just $10. The restaurants will compete for the title of Most Unique Burger. The promotion is presented by Budweiser and the Savannah Morning News. Check DineSavannah.com, that's Dine, D-I-N-E, Savannah.com, for the list of participating restaurants. Contact Megan Miller at 912-652-0445. That's 912-652-0445. Or email her at Megan.Miller. Megan is M-E-G-A-N dot Miller, common spelling, M-I-L-L-E-R, at savannahnow.com. Deadline to be a participant is June the 15th. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back on Difference Makers. Joe Marinelli from Visit Savannah is joining me today. Uh, Joe, let's get into the the nerding out section here and talk a little bit about the what really kind of fascinates me is the evolution of, I'll use the word tourism, uh, or visitors, or Savannah becoming a, a destination. I know that I've been here since 1999 and I've seen quite a shift. And I don't think it's very hard to, to look back and, and realize that Savannah has really only been a visitor's destination for a, a relatively short period of time. And uh, you had shared with me a little bit earlier some some insights you would glean from some folks that have been here a lot longer than you have. And mm-hmm. can you share a little bit of that with us? Well, you're right. Um Adam, I've been here um, almost 11 years now, and, and I go back to how uh, how a person explained it to me when I first came on board. They, they talked about how um, really the Savannah as a tourism destination began with a vision of Mayor Risakis many years ago and, and leaders like Herb Traub, who owned the Pirate's House, and, and others, who uh, um, Eric Meyerhoff, the local architect, who um, had the vision to transform 
what was not a pleasant River Street type experience into the Esplanade that we know it today. And so those cobblestones weren't always there. Right? <laughs> they didn't come off the ship when yeah, you know, two hundred yeah. years ago. Yeah, there's a, we're not they, spoiling it for everyone. Yeah, yes, another spoiler alert, right? But um, so leaders like those gentlemen, and I'm sure others. This was way before my time. Saw had the vision to develop River Street and uh, and make it a place that people wanted to go to, and people started coming. And people started talking about it and more people came and, you know, the opportunity to enjoy restaurants and bars and and, um, and shops and so forth. And then all of a sudden, a book appeared on the New York Times bestseller list called Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. And it was a hardback book. And we all know um, people that read hardbacks are a very small uh, segment of, um, of, of reader. Um, and they fell in love with the book and started to visit Savannah because they wanted to see and feel and experience what they had read about in the book. Um, and as the book continued um, its, its, uh, its time on the New York Times bestseller list, um, it, that went from a hard copy to a, to a paperback. And that opens it up to more people in more markets. And so more people started coming to town. Um, and then it stayed on the New York Times bestseller list even longer. And the paperback now became a video and um, and a movie, and even more people saw it and continued to come. So the evolution of the book as we know it here locally, from paper from a hardback to paperback to video, really kind of you know set that whole. Um, direction for visitors to the city. Not many years after that, uh, our own local Paula Dean um, began to turn the corner in her life um, with the boys. And um, and uh, we saw Paula's climb uh, to the top of the TV celebrity chef um, world. And um, and she stayed there for many years. And, and we all know the stories and have experienced the long lines around the corner and down the street at the Lady and Sons, which was great. And that really brings us to about 10 or 11 years ago, um, and, and that's when I got here. So, so you know, the foundation had been put into place. Uh, people were paying attention to Savannah, and, you know, it was kind of up to us at in our organization to now start to fine tune our message, um, start to be more targeted with who we market to, pay attention to the evolution of the product. Um, we had already had the big hotels, Weston, Marriott, Hyatt, Hilton, DeSoto at the time. Many of the smaller limited service hotels had now come into the market as well, Doubletree, Hilton Garden, Holiday Inn Express, and so forth. But the future was hotels like the Mansion on Forsyth Park, the Andas, the Bohemian, um, etc. And uh, so, so that told us we have to refine our marketing uh, to be able to accommodate all of the above, right? Um, people were not just coming to town to eat at the Pink House or Garibaldi or Elizabeth, or the Pirate House for that matter, but now they were discovering, you know, other restaurants and so forth. And so as we, as we you know, fast forward to today and you see, uh, you know, the, the Plant Riverside District, um, the JW Marriott Hotel going on there, the Perry Lane Hotel, uh, which, which um, they're going to target more of a five-star customer opening next week, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's, it's really constantly refining that marketing message to support the product that we have to offer, right? Um, so back to the, the advertising campaign, um, you know, 
cobblestones and live oaks and Spanish moss are still part of the message. But um, but for us to be competitive as a destination, we have to talk about the things that people are interested in. You look back at the number trends and the recession obviously was kind of a mark where everything was able to, everything slowed down, of course. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if maybe that from a big picture point of view, from from a visitor point of view, if that little that little lull, that little break allowed everybody to kind of recalibrate and has really led to the explosion the last six, seven, eight years. Would, would yeah. Um, you know, we saw that with the, with the local hotel industry. Um, we came out of the recession and, um, and a new hotel was built on Ellis Square. At the time, it was called the Avia Hotel. It's now the Andas, but the Avia. I used to park where that hotel sits. That was that, so right you lost behind, your parking space. Right behind the old Savannah Morning News building. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Sure. Um, so the Avia came into the market and the general manager at the time, a gentleman by the name of Pedro Perez, came in and, and said, we're going to do it different than everybody else is. And and set a quality standard that forced the other hotels to you know to get in the game and and then we saw the Bohemian come on board and we saw that uh, the Cotton Sale Hotel which is right next door and so forth all of that kind of evolved um, um, with the impetus of uh, of the Avia now the Andas and so forth so yeah those 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 little things that you kind of see happening right in front of you um, you know and you think about uh, the role that Ben Carter played um, on Broughton. Street, right? You know, you, you might love Ben, you may might hate Ben, but um, but Ben came in and bought 37, 38 pieces of property, um, restored them beautifully, um, filled them all with great retailers that are thriving today, and um, and it was just the next step, right? And uh, to have vineyard vines there and those kinds of things, um, that's very popular. People from Ohio want to buy vineyard vine clothes, that's right. right? That's right. So. And another piece of that, of that I think, is, is Ellis Square, the restoration of Ellis Square mm-hmm. really becoming, I would say, an extension of, of City Market, but tying together River Street, Bay Street, Broughton Street, and City Market in ten, instead of having a big, ugly, blocked parking garage that kind of broke everything up. Yeah, yeah. I never saw the big, ugly parking garage. Um, when I came to town, it was, miss a, anything. <laughs> it was a gigantic hole that I wondered if it would ever get filled. But, you know, um, the design of Ellis Square is so user-friendly. People want to be there. They just want to hang out and uh, and people watch. And I think you're right. It is sort of a, a ground zero, if you will, of, you know, hey, I'll meet you at Ellis Square. We'll go from there. We talked about the evolution of this market. Let's talk a little bit about the evolution of the message and then tying into that how the the visitor profile or the visitor demographic has kind of evolved as well. When uh, Some of that, of course, is is digital marketing and and that playing a larger role. But how do you kind of – how did you approach tweaking the messaging and and refining it to be for the post-recession Savannah? Yeah, so you know when when you look at the data, every marketing decision that we make in our organization is based on research, right? We we don't sit around and just say, "Hey, let's do this." Um, we do it based on what the research is telling us, and um, our research told us that um, our visitor was getting younger. Um, our research told us that um, our visitor was staying a little bit longer, um, and most importantly, it told us that they were uh, that our visitor was spending more. Right? Um, we saw that jump from 2016 to 2017 with a four percent increase in spending. You know, so when you look at the research and you see that people are no longer just coming from what we call 
rubber tire destinations. You know, um, they weren't just coming from Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina, but with the advent of JetBlue adding um, nonstop flights to uh, from from New York City and Boston, we saw more visitors coming from there. Um, I think about what Allegiant Airlines did. You know, the first year, Allegiant said, "We're willing to experiment with you with um, Akron, Canton, Columbus, and Cincinnati." Well, we were pleased with that because, as we all see, there's a lot of Ohio license plates that come into Savannah and Hilton Head. Um, Year two, they were so pleased with the results, they actually shifted Akron-Canton to Cleveland. We now have Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, but then they also added um, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Louisville, and Lexington. Mm -hmm. Um, They were so pleased with all of those that the next year they brought us uh, Newark and Baltimore, and then this year they added Nashville. So, um, so again, you know where where we used to capture a lion's share of rubber tire tourists, if you will. Um, now more visitors are flying to Savannah from you know ten Allegiant cities, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, with uh, with uh, Sun Country, um, Frontier Airlines started a nonstop service from Denver and Philadelphia this year. Um, uh, we talked about Nashville. So so that influx of visitors. So all of those things are the indicators for how we have to tweak that that marketing message, right, which is reflected in the new new ad campaign. Um, you know, uh, the, the younger millennial um, is more interested in sort of the air, Airbnb experience than traditional lodging. Um, Younger millennials are more interested in visiting the Starland District or the Victorian District and maybe never seeing River Street or, or City Market. Internationals, um, you know, we talk about uh, competing with Charleston, um, where a domestic visitor might visit Charleston one year and visit Savannah another year. Um, you know, uh, uh, international visitors are going to see both of them in one trip. Um, so that that meant tweaking our international marketing message a little bit. So those are all the little pieces that go into when we sit around and, and brainstorm and say, what what is the newest piece of research tell us? Um, those are the kinds of things that we're looking at to make sure that that we're placing our ads in the right places and um, and attracting the people. But at the same time, we, we still have to fill the, the select service hotels. We still have to book conventions um we still have to fill the riverboat on you know et cetera, et cetera. you mentioned the, the millennials looking beyond the the more traditional experience and looking at starland and of course that whole bull straight strip now really between victory drive and and at least 37th maybe even farther north than that has really seen a, a commercial renaissance mm-hmm. of course we've probably got another one coming with the project that they're that they're getting ready to start on there mm-hmm. you have the city is probably going to start on the canal district shortly and, and really make that an extension from boundary street up up to where the the arena is going to go mm-hmm. what do those kind of projects add to the mix and, and how much more attractive does that make it to the particularly the millennials yeah well what we hope is by by at the beginning of this year when we rolled out or introduced our new website we began an effort to really talk about neighborhoods and communities where our marketing prior to this year had pretty much been built on river street broughton street and city market um now we're talking about starland and victorian district you look ahead to next year um uh, the plant riverside district down by the jw uh, the area formerly known as savannah river 
River Landing, now called Eastern Wharf, um, the, the growth along Bull Street, as you talked about, and so forth, the whole area near Farm Street, um, where service brewing and, uh, and Ghost Coast is, that's getting ready to explode. So we, we hope the byproduct ultimately is is that visitors will extend their stay longer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'd love to get that that 2.5-day stay to be a three-day stay. Uh, because if, if somebody stays one more night, they're going to have one more dinner. They're probably going to have one more breakfast. They're probably going to take one more tour and maybe buy one more trinket before they leave town, right? So um, so I think, I think as we see these other areas grow, our, our motivation is to get people to stay longer. And, um, and I think, as we talked about uh, with, with younger visitors, um, they're more interested in those neighborhoods um, and districts and communities than the, the, the more traditional tourism spots. On top of a generational shift, we are seeing, as you said, a, a, a trend toward the more affluent now. And the Perry Lane opens, I believe, next week was what I was told. And, mm-hmm. and the JW is, is coming down the road. And we've got the more fine dining in the restaurants. What what else do you kind of foresee in terms of how is the market going to evolve to really capture that and build on that? And, and does that put us on par with the, the you know with the, the so-called cosmopolitan cities out there yeah it's a great question um you know i don't think i don't think we have any luxury in being complacent right on the other hand our core product is is the 2.2 square miles of the historic district right um you know tybee island is a very important piece of the visitor experience the tanger outlet mall is very important piece but at the end of the day you're going to Savannah to experience that sort of, you know, that that square, right? Um, so we've seen things like the districts that we're talking about, um, the addition of the American Prohibition Museum, which opened last year and is is just killing it and doing really, really well. Um, but uh, but it's I, I think the next generation for us is going to have to be built on quality, the quality of service. Um, that that we provide to our visitors, um, the quality of just kind of that walking experience through the city. Do you feel safe? Is the city clean? Is it well maintained? Are there flowers and are the trees trimmed? You know, um, people aren't coming here for the manufactured experience. They truly are coming here to just kind of get away from all of that. But but we're going to have to pay attention to to the little things, and and I know that um, that the city leadership, uh, you know, have met with Rob Rob Hernandez multiple times about this, and his head's in the game, and and he's constantly working at new solutions to make sure that that our public safety coverage is um, in the right place at the right time, um, um, and and that we're constantly striving to make the city as clean as it could possibly be. To wrap up here, I, I would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about. The, the cons that come with with visiting visitors in Savannah, and I know downtown it's it's an issue a lot with residents, and we've talked a lot about balancing those things just between you and I before. Um, could you kind of wrap up for for everybody what the what your take is on making sure it's a good quality experience for the visitors, but also a good quality experience for the residents? 
Yeah, you know, I think there's a, a perceived kind of loggerheads uh, between the preservation or the neighborhoods community and, and the tourism leadership. And in fact, nothing could be further from the truth. We all want the same thing, right? We all want to have a balanced experience. Um, many, you know, many of the leadership in town lives in town as well. Um, so we're all we're all committed to balance. Everybody's definition of balance may be a little bit differently, different, but but we get it, right? Um, we're not interested in tearing down buildings to build hotels. We're interested in filling holes and and and, and creating new products and so forth. Um, I think I think for local residents, um, you know, it, and, and local business owners, um, you know, they're concerned about noise. They're concerned about trash. Um, they're concerned about safety. Parking. Parking, parking, parking. Yeah, yeah, I think parking comes up every day. Um, those are, you know, those are real issues. Um, and 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 it takes it takes a collaborative effort between the city leadership, um, the public safety officials, the tourism leadership, the business leaders, the neighborhood association, the preservation organization. All of us have to work together. And I think I think we're at a special time in this community's um, growth where you know we're all kind of facing the same direction right now. We're, we're not always going to agree on aluminum clad windows versus wood clad windows. We're not always going to agree on you know. On uh, setbacks and and um, and you know how many stories a building should be and so forth. There's lots of opinions about that, but at the end of the day, I think all of us agree that the golden goose is this beautiful city, and um, and we've got to do whatever it takes to to protect that first, right? Um, and uh, and that just means working together. And I think um, in generally in general we're we're in a good spot in that regard um, these days. Joe Marinelli with Visit Savannah. Thank you for joining us on Thank the you. inaugural wow. Difference Makers podcast. We'll be able to look back on this someday and say we did that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah right. All right. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>